You're listening to The Nooner Show with Jackie and Denise. Tell me you love me. I need a good laugh. I'm holy water. You need a good bath. Whiskey and perfume. You had a nightcap. Now how about that? I've got a new friend. A perfect stranger. He's got a bullet with your name in the chamber. I'm body organ. Rearranger. You feel my day. Nooner time. Welcome to the Nooner Show with Jay Dubs and Denise Brennan Nelson. We're broadcasting live from the Podcast Detroit Studios in Rock and Royal Oak, Michigan. You can find us at podcastdetroit.com. What time is it? It's Nooner time. Somebody bring me a mirror. Happy hump day. Happy hump day. Happy hump day. Hump day. Yeah. What time is it? <laughs> it's nooner time. Hump day. Oh, look at Gail. Dr. Gail's in the house. She's like, doing the wave. She's doing the wave there. Uh, so we have a full house today. We, yes, do. we do. Yeah, I'm excited. Bring... I, th- I think everybody's here because they want free legal advice. I, yeah. yeah. I'm, pretty sure, I'm pretty sure that's, that's why we're all here. Yeah, talk, to, talk to Tony. Yeah. <laughs> you see anyway, that's, uh, like you, that's like you're here for the free legal advice. <laughs> So uh, that's what we put up on our post. If you want legal, free legal advice, <laughs> tune in. Come in. Tune in. So everybody's gonna be listening. Yeah, we're gonna call in. And yeah, right. Uh, <laughs> poor Gary's got his guitar. We'll wait for the rock show. Uh, so you have a big weekend. Yeah, I'm excited. I'm playing the Oxford Tap um, mm-hmm. on Saturday. Yeah. So we're doing an acoustic gig. So I'm excited. So it's gonna be the first time I've played all my new stuff acoustic. Oh too. wow! Yeah, really? so I'm excited. So I've got some new songs that we'll be playing. Oh, and, that's um, cool. What time's the show start? Uh, nine o'clock. Okay, yep. Oxford Tap. I know quite a few people that are coming out. Yeah, I'm excited to see uh, everyone. So mm-hmm. it'll be fun. You always bring a crowd. Yeah. <laughs> Just feeling better. Yeah, <laughs> feeling alive. Mm-hmm. So yeah. Uh, so, uh, Mom, do you know what is happening this weekend? It's a big. It's a big weekend. Other than other than my show, you know. Um, Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. Super Bowl. <laughs> yes. Yes. Do you do you know who's playing? Um, no, I don't. I know Tom Brady's <laughs> playing, but I don't know Tom the Brady's details. The details. Yeah, because I will. I just watch him for his tight pants. So. Oh, what team is he? <laughs> Do you even um, know what team he's on? No, no, no I don't. Yes. <laughs> I have no idea. She even know what team. I just no. know. I just know. Well, I know him, and and I, well, I love Giselle. I'm a huge. You know, she's the highest paid model. She yeah, makes yeah, more, money than, more money than he does. I know. He's so got so I'm all, I doubt yeah. that. So I'm. Oh, she does. Okay. She makes, hey, wait, wait. I can tell you who's doing the halftime show though. Oh, I know. I'm so excited. Lady Gaga. Lady Gaga. And she's doing the whole thing. I'm so oh, excited. That'll be good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's going to be a really I'm good really show. Lady Gaga's really talented. Oh, she's phenomenal. She's crazy talented. Yeah, I, I love, love her. her. And um, Luke Bryan is doing the National Anthem, which... Right. Ugh, I can't watch the National Anthem before. It just it scares me so much, and I get so nervous for them watching it, yeah. and I've, I've messed it up enough times that I know how Damn, nervous... have you messed it up? Oh, my God. You don't even know. Yeah, so many times. So I can't watch it. <laughs> oh, so I, yeah. I get nervous, and... Um, there was you were telling me that there's betting. Yeah, there's a betting site I think, and it's called um, Bavada or something really? like that. Have there's you guys an, heard of that? There's another one too that I looked. No, up. what is that like? Who's well, gonna mess up the? Uh, yeah, the national anthem. It's in and I guess and I I'm not sure if it's a betting site, but it's a site. Odd Shark I think was one of the right. Ones. That's yeah. part of it. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And I guess what they do is they've set the standard that the national anthem needs to be two minutes and fifteen seconds, and so they take bets on who's going to over under. Yeah, and, over and under. Oh, yeah, okay. yeah. So well, these are the know, questions Aretha because Franklin, they're throwing boy. in all them things. Well, they Aretha were, Franklin so. took it long. She took it to church. Yeah. <laughs> well, they had um, some of the questions were how moment. long for this year's the betting is how long will it take Lou Bryan to sing the national anthem? Right. And then it, uh, will he forget any of the words? Uh, will he be wearing a cowboy Gee. hat? Yeah. Or will he be wearing a hat? He always wears a baseball hat. So they said, will oh. he be wearing a hat before? Oh. And then the other one was, will be he be wearing blue jeans? Oh, the, really? Yeah. So these were what yeah. people are betting Jeez. on, which I thought was pretty funny. Well, you they, know who the shortest 
who did the shortest hmm. version of the national anthem. Who? Whitney Billy Houston. Joel. Oh. oh, I did see yeah. that. His was uh, one minute and 30 seconds. And you know who did the longest? Aretha Franklin. No. Alicia Keys. Alicia yeah, Keys. Got it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it was two minutes and 35 seconds. Yeah. But this is for the Super Bowl, so I oh, don't you know. These are all... Who did Aretha yeah, she, Franklin? Uh, it wasn't I think the... it was the Tigers. Oh, no, was she it did, Tigers? I thought she did, for the, um, she did it? it for the Thanksgiving... Oh, football? Football. Football, yeah. 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 Okay, all right. Yeah, Thank yeah. God it's yeah. not a sports show here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. We know oh, nothing. Yeah. We know that there is football, yeah. and there is a Super Bowl. And Betsy Gaga's doing the halftime show. And it's the Patriots and the Falcons. Oh, is that what it is? This will be Tom Brady's fifth ring. Wow. When he really? wins the day, he'll have one on each finger. Really? And then he'll take it home to a supermodel girlfriend, wife. Uh huh. And he'll jump in the Ferrari and ride up and down the Hollywood Hills. And shit. <laughs> Is that what happens? Yeah. You well, you're a star. Or you're just a star. Oh, you know? wait, wait, wait. I don't, know. I don't know if that's true. I don't know that they're going to go in a Ferrari. You know what happens to the winning cities? There's new data that's coming out that says that the cities that win the Super Bowl have a rise in babies births nine months later. So I think I think we know what they're gonna so be doing. I know I was looking I was looking that up and they last year, um, for the Super Bowl last year they did a um, commercial Oh, where, right. With all of the, the new Super Bowl yeah, with babies. All the Super Bowl babies saying yeah. they did a NFL thing of uh, Kiss by a Rose. The seal oh, right. song, and he was—he did like a cameo. Yeah, it was pretty funny. So, so it was so all the baby. That's yeah. what happens when wow. they win. So he's not going to be out in a car anywhere. <laughs> Giselle's going to have a baby in nine months. <laughs> in so. nine months. Oh, my God. <laughs> I guess you guys don't have to worry about it here. Yeah. <laughs> right, it's Rocky? never going to be a thing. <laughs> oh, for us. So it's not Look, be a mother, mother's like right, right. Because <laughs> yeah, That's we're so nowhere funny. near that anyway. So, um, but who did write the uh, national anthem? Francis Scott Key. Yes, and yep. you know you know what Francis Scott Key has in common with our guest today? No. He was an attorney. No way. Yeah, he was an attorney. Oh my god. And a poet. He was not a musician. That's really mm-hmm. pretty cool. Oh, but, he was using, but we have an attorney musician. He here was today. only using one side of his brain. This he guy was. today is using both. <laughs> He's using both. Yeah, <laughs> you're right. Yeah. Well, we're gonna get to that right now because we have a lot of questions. So it's our favorite segment. All right, this segment is designed to showcase the stories of talented and gutsy individuals who had a wish and found a way to make it happen. They set goals, overcame obstacles, and turned setbacks into comebacks. Their stories are unique, interesting, and most of all, inspiring. That's right. Well, attorney by day, rock star by night. What could law and music have in common? You might be surprised. Both could be considered forms of art. Both require the ability to communicate. Both require creativity, and both require the best storytelling. Our guest today is Gary David Strauss, and he's someone you want on your side, both in the courtroom as well as on the stage. So how does he blend these two worlds? He's here to tell us. Welcome to the show, Gary. Welcome. Yeah. Oh, how you doing? And we also have one of our favorite peeps back today who actually... Uh, brought Gary to us, um, and we have uh, award-winning musician, producer, and godfather of bass, Mr. T. Money Green, oh, yes. is in the house. In the house. It's tall oh, tears. Yeah. I'm going to cry when Gary starts singing. Trust okay. Yep. We also have AC. <laughs> we have AC, cry. and we have Dr. Gail in the house today who's saying, I'm not talking. <laughs> <laughs> but she's making faces, so this is Facebook Live, so we can still see you. Yeah, no you. We have JT and her wonderful Jessica Action, is here. speak loudly. So, there you go. Gary, how did, go. It, how did this start? So w- were you a musician first, or were you interested in law first? How did that... Oh, I, I was no, I was a musician. You were a musician I'm old. First. I'm old. I'm a little older than Tony. No, I I started pr- pretty much uh, what, kind of around the time the Beatles came out. So my family was traumatic. We moved a lot. Okay. So then when I moved around Chicago area. Um, so where did so where did you grow up then? Did you grow up pri- primarily in Detroit or are well, you where are you? Well, I went to three high schools. I I, I was grew up around Oak Park. Then in sixth grade, my dad managed discount stores. We, we moved like, like army, you know. So we, wow. we moved around Chicago. I went from being the most popular kid to knowing nobody, oh you know. It was fairly traumatic. And then the Beatles came out, so I started learning how to play guitar. Oh, wow. I've been playing ever since. Damn, wow. I never even knew that. See what you I mean? <laughs> yeah. So what kind of a, a lawyer are you? Well, I mean, what do you specialize in? Kind of a jack of all trades. Okay. Um, as we discussed before, I did a lot of property law. It's kind of mm-hmm. a semi-obscure eminent domain when they take land for public projects. Because so I went to school late in life uh, after I was 40. 
So the first guy I worked for was one of the biggest in eminent domain law. So I started doing that. Oh. And because of public funding being gone from everything, <laughs> you know, lately, yeah. there's not many, not many public projects. So I've been doing a lot of appeals, a lot of criminal work and criminal appellate work lately. Oh, is that is that uh, what inspired you to write the song? Um, everybody's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> no, I don't know what that. Actually, this will go off to the long stories. Actually, that was one of the the genesis. Of that song was one of the earliest ones I wrote when I worked uh, with Sylvester out in San Francisco in the seventies. I, I don't know if people know about him. He, mm-hmm. he had a lot of big hits. Sylvester was a huge singer. Mm, okay, and he was big in the gay. He was big. He was a gay singer. Okay. And he was huge, though. Yeah. So when you get a chance to look up Sylvester, okay, he had oh, a couple incredible. great hits. So incredible he had a hot voice. band too, and Gary was in the band. Oh, were wow. you? I, I was so inspired because he had a lot of, like like Aretha style singing, okay. and I started writing "Everybody's Crazy," thinking I'd show it to him, but I never really started. hadn't written much before, so I never really showed it to him. And I developed that over time. Oh, wow. Okay. Because I really thought, I listened to it. I love the song. And I really thought, oh, this must be from his days in court. <laughs> <laughs> no, not much, not much inspiration from court. Especially. I can imagine. <laughs> I do have one song that morphed because um, I represent a lot of these kids that just murder people for no reason. Uh-huh. And uh, I got the phrase in my uh, in my head just one night. You know, things could have been different because that one moment you do right. something. Oh, wow. At 20 yeah. years old, you're doing life without parole. But I, ch- I changed it all, really, that song. When you get the idea, it kind of morphed into a song, which is, you know, it's, it's true emotions to it, but not a true song about pretty much a guy that's on his deathbed and he's thinking about this girl he knew in the past and how she, they really had a vibe together, but he didn't think he was good enough for her and let it all go by. And oh, it's wow. kind of that kind of thing. And now yeah. he's dying. He's thinking back to just one night. I, I should have listened to the He'll be crying. Oh, the wow. In my heart. wow. I probably won't play that one, but it kind of. You know. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Now, um, so, so it sounds like your your true love was music. I mean, you had a passion for music. Um, how come you didn't go into entertainment law? Is there a reason why you didn't go that avenue and sort of combine both of them? Or, well, not really. I didn't really think about that. I've done a lot mm-hmm. for some friends. I do some things with Tony, but um, you know, I'm more of a player and a musician. So, okay. You know, it's it's largely contractual. You know, I have no yeah. need to be meeting music. I know musicians; they're all my best friends. So, right. You know. Um, so, how did you two get together then? Uh, my brother, who's a couple of years under me, always was the guy who would go out and meet people and bring them home or something. You know, and uh, one day he just told me, "The man, you got to come hear this band on Prairie, right around the block from me." Where Gary and him was staying, and they was, I guess, playing in the backyard or something. Whatever. No, just on the front porch. I on remember that because yeah. one, one of my old friends, um, his grandmother died. She lived in that neighborhood, you know, right. yeah. where Tony lived. So we were partying in that house all week, you know, because we were just watching over the house. So I was just, you know, sitting on the on the porch, just right. playing guitar. It's, it's just the way that. you were grieving, right? <laughs> no, I didn't know her. At all. <laughs> <laughs> Far from grieving. No, I know it was just the way you said it. She died, so we were partying. All week. <laughs> and then he was the scariest looking guy, man, because he had this long black hair <laughs> with like eyes that had looked like he had mascara on, but he probably didn't. But it looked, you know, that dark. Yeah. Way before Goth came out, Gary was Goth. <laughs> <laughs> but he was playing his ass off on the guitar. And I was just starting. Uh, he probably had been playing a few years before me because he was good already when I met him, him and his brother. Um, but, you know, I just remembered and we stayed, we stayed in touch for a long time. And then one day I, I didn't see him for a long time. And I was yeah. just, you know, and then I, I think I was doing that thing. With Howard Hurts, all of us on the panel, right? Yeah, when I was managing that Frankie girl. <laughs> yeah, you managed Frankie, and I was on the panel with Howard Hurts. That's when they asked me about the Detroit Music Awards, and I was like, well, it must not be nothing if they ain't calling on me. And, was, and Howard was, I didn't know he was the guy who started. He was like, wait a minute, T. Green. He was like, we could just knock on your door and give you an award for all the wonderful things you've done, but we're trying to build a, commu- a community. Of, and, I, and I understood. And mm-hmm. I've been a team player ever since. So yeah. I've had yeah. Gary come out, try to get everybody, you know, turn everybody on to the event. music board. Yeah, I and love you guys it. all know that it changed to May 5th. Well, no, we didn't know that. Yeah. Yes, it changed. The date changed to May fifth. But I had oh, wow. I had a totally lost touch with Tony. Okay. I didn't know he was playing with Dr. Dre, but you know, rap was just starting out then, and they always had like right. the, the tinny drum machines and those sounds. I always wondered. I always liked Dr. Dre because it sounded like good music and real music. And then I find out <laughs> <Yeah, he's laughs> Tony's really got all is. these Detroit guys. With him. <laughs> right, wow. Right, yeah. 
And so did you two start collaborating or like did you guys work on songs together? You weren't in a band together, well, right? We always did, you know, no, we didn't like play together, but then Emily called us and we did some projects together where we playing. But I think it really started when his superstar daughter before she was a superstar. And I thought he just brought it to my attention how long uh, the gap between me doing her and how, and her making it. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, Kate, was I didn't think the gap was that long because I was like, damn, man, he just made it overnight. He was like, well, Tony, no, you know, she's a lot older than I'm thinking because she was 17 when I did something on her. Okay, so is and so, um, just to go back because I, I, my Annie, that's her name, yeah, right? My and, Annie, yeah. and she ha- got signed to Rock Nation, mm-hmm. and um, she's phenomenal. Yeah, I've she yeah, listened incredible. to some of her songs, um, the uh, I think it was Black Jeans and um, Break Me. Yeah, that video. Break Me. That's oh, oh my god! That video on that, and she did the whole video in our house with green screens, and she edited the whole thing. I don't wow. know if you've seen the video. Really, on that. she's a monster with that stuff. Which I can't wow. love. It's artistic, even though she seems like she's uh, naked in the thing. But it's about colors and stuff, so Dad could watch it. You know, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. what a voice! And um, I did read it. So, so uh, Gary, you you had T Money. Produce, work with your daughter? Is that how it happened? Or? Well, before she went out to New York, um, I was doing some stuff with Tony, and mm-hmm. she was going out to do some modeling, too, but she always wrote and did things. So I said, well, Tony's got a studio. Why don't you go there? And Tony got tracks together, and she, she wrote some songs. Okay. This was right before she graduated high school, and then she went out to New York all, all by herself, wow. which was kind of wow. scary, scary for me. Yeah. Well, yeah. when did she end up getting signed to Rock Nation? About three years ago, but she okay. had been signed on a development deal um, before that, um, back when I was managing her with Linda Perry. Okay. You know, Linda Perry uh, produced Gwen Stefani and Alicia oh, Keys. Wow. You know, she, mm-hmm. she had that song, What's Going On. Yeah. Oh, wow. So they they loved her. They, they just heard her voice, and uh, I just sent it on a lark, and uh, they had us come out there. No, I'm sorry with that. No, it was uh, my wife was friends with Mayor Archer's kids, and he was he knew a guy that was A&R for her, and he said, you got to hear this this girl. Wow. And a week later, they called us there and signed her. Wow. It was a development deal, so it yeah. lasted about a year, but it was good for her. Okay. Wow, wow that's fantastic. Yeah. So she's doing great. She is so great did you, too. like, when she was starting to sing and, you know, how did she play an instrument before she, how did she, no. how did she develop and how did, did you influence her in any way, you know, help her song write and, and all of those steps? Well, at, at first, when she's, she was writing on her own and the stuff that Tony mm-hmm. gave her, the tracks, and she had such a talent. So I, I did one album with her. I said, just tell me what you like. Mm-hmm. It's no mystery, the music behind this stuff, yeah. you know, any artist you like. So I wrote tracks for her. Didn't want to help too much because she has a great lyrical sense. And yeah. that would be, be the worst thing to start yeah. getting somebody in mold. And I might just like, because mm-hmm. a lot of it's idiosyncratic, the way you phrase things. You might say things totally different yeah. than I would. It might be weird, but you don't want me to say, don't say it like yeah. that because it's <laughs> sucking the life out of you. So that album we did together I went to New York, and um, she was living in New York, and we got some studio musicians and put an album together. And she, a guy from Japan uh, who was in Brooklyn liked it, and they they took her uh, a year later out to Japan. And she did <laughs> about two weeks in Japan, and my son went and was wow. you know, her, pro- her assistant, and that was great, you know. <laughs> so, so when you because you have two kids, right? Yeah, and they're both in music. Yeah, my son's a hip hop uh, MC. Okay, yeah. but he also went to U of M, right? I think he yeah. went to school too. Yeah. Uh, so when you saw that they were following your footsteps and going into music, mm. what, what I mean, did you tell them that they needed to have a backup plan, or did you say just you know if this is what you want to do, just pursue this? And- oh yeah, we were totally behind it. You know, totally behind what she was doing. Okay. Whatever the kids want to do, you know, things are these days. You know, well, I guess because um, as a parent, you know, with the music business, it's so difficult. And it's like, do you do you tell them dive in with both feet or do you say, you know, have a backup plan and, and get something else just mm-hmm. in case because it is so difficult? Well, not, not at all for my daughter. But Tony knows my my daughter, my 80. She's <laughs> she's tunnel vision and headstrong and compulsive. So when she wants to do something, it, I wouldn't do that. Tell her what to do anyway. Yeah, but it wouldn't make a difference. It would just create tension. I mean, she went to New York all by herself at seventeen years old. Wow! wow. Did a little modeling and and, and met people and and worked. You know, it. Try to guide her and help her in any way I can. But, yeah, you know, not try to influence her because you know, yeah, 
She she writes the letter. My dad. (laughs) (laughs) She I I read uh, some of the things that she wrote about how when she was little she would um, just hang out with you in the studio. And yeah, we did was, a lot together. So I'm yeah. sure there's a lot of influence just she absorbing that, you know. Right, right. We would do a lot of things together. So what are you doing now with your music? Well, at this age, I mean, it's hard to have a band. Got to love to have a band with Tony and a great drummer and play, but yeah. things aren't that feasible. So I wasn't really, I'm more like a Hendrix-style crazy electric guitar player and R&B guitar player, but I've been going to open mics the last three years and... Uh, Adapted a lot of my songs acoustically and just kind of doing that. I'm, for whatever it's worth, I'm doing an album now with 10 or 11 songs, getting some people. Like, hopefully, Tony's going to come over and play. Oh, you know, I'm a Oh, that's you great. Know, a lot of people I know, Billy Brandt uh, came over. He's a great uh, acoustic artist. So it's a collaboration background. with a lot of different people. You're just getting people to come and help me. Yeah. Harmonica. How cool. You know, and slide guitar and maybe some organ on them. You know. And um, let's talk about songwriting because one of the things that Tony has said to me about you, I mean, for a long time now, he's a phenomenal songwriter. And you even said, you were talking yeah. about this earlier, that if you had a new artist. Oh, yeah. If I had a new artist right now that had a deal and we just had to turn in a hot album, I would, I would and had to do a 10-song album, I would get all 10 songs from Gary. Really? Only because these songs would last. Nowadays, mm. you know, songs are five minutes long. You know, I mean, they, that's how long they last in the industry. Whereas Gary's songs just l- would last and last. So even though they're artists well, might be mad Why do you think that is? What, well, what, what is it about his songs that, you know, I think it's last? I think it's more the, you don't hear melody anymore. Like, songs don't have a melody anymore. His Gary songs are full of melody and and. and mm. And, and, you know, you can visualize things. I've driven down the road, and Gail can attest to this, and listening to his stuff, and actually, you know, before I know it, it's a tear coming down my eyes of things. Because the serious, you know, I like to hear real, back in the Motown days, all those songs were great songs. Mm-hmm. We take them for granted now because it was Motown, right? And the way you do the thing you do and all of that, and my girl, but those were great lyrical songs. Right. Whereas now, you know, the songs have no melodies and lyrics, you know, the lyrics are nothing. So... I just think his stuff would last. I mean, it would have to be a pop artist. You know, it would have to be a good artist. But I think his songs would last for that artist. Wow. Well, let's listen to one of the songs right now. Oh, Is it nice. going to be one that you're going to sing on, or who's going to? Well, no. It's or all which, the song, which song are we playing? I'll probably, probably <laughs> assist him on something. If What's I know the name it. of the song? Well, now, now the pressure's on because this one may not be that melodic, but it's called The End of Time. The End of Time? It's kind of a love song, but kind of a. The okay. end, end of the world. That, this song took a long time to write. I, I wrote the first verse before nine eleven, and after Katrina, wrote some and wow. kind of adapted it. Wow. Kind of my wife a little. I don't really write about my. You know, my wife's from West Africa and has a different world concept, which is great. You know. Oh, how cool! But uh, <laughs> all right, kind of a love love song. Let's hear it. Soul. 
looked up at the stars And as she held my hand She looked into my eyes But I just don't understand How to love in the end of time As the fire raged around us And the prophets were waiting for a sign And the bullets flew around us And everything that we had we left behind When each moment was uncertain Like a child in the night Watching out a window For the dawn's early light I looked up at the stars And then I held her hand I looked into her eyes And I think I understand Like, what is your process when you sit down to write? Like, is there, is it just inspiration hits you when you write, or is it, uh, you know, time carved out of every day, or how does that? Because I mean, like, yeah. just lyrically, and it's incredible. It was so beautiful. Yeah, it's it's, it's hard to say because I'm not writing a lot, a lot lately mm-hmm. because of the law job, and you know, I'm, yeah. not, I'm not actively playing all the time. But it kind of generally starts with inspiration. Mm-hmm. It's inspiration, you know. Where do you find most of your inspiration? Just in life and observing mm-hmm. and things you've been through, you know. That's why it's good It's good to get experience. Probably don't have to, but mm-hmm. it's good to get experience, and, you know. Yeah. When I got out of college, right after I, I met Tony, you know, I went out to San Francisco. I, I went to college, you know, but in 72, I went out to Frisco with 50 bucks in my pocket, didn't know anybody, and just – just experiencing things, you know, hmm. you know, playing with a guy that was dressed in drag and a, a, a gay group was just just great people, you know, and just meeting all kind of people and getting into things, yeah. not, you know. So when you write, because um, like T said that when he listens to your songs, uh, you know, they bring tears. I mean, you you have and even just this song here, it it like you can feel the it's emotion. Yeah. yeah, it's moving. That's so. What I mean, yeah. Do you write with that intention, or you're just writing what you feel? Yeah, it's kind of. I think when a lot of people say it, it comes from God and this, and I don't think that's true. It's just how your brain. It's just you're working on a sub subconsciously. Sometimes you'll you'll be waiting for some lyrics to fall in right, and you won't think about it. Then it'll pop up. But I don't think it's coming from any divine power. It's just how the brain operates, yeah. you know, and wow. yeah. and it's subconscious, and you'll be thinking about it because um, your brain's always operating, mm-hmm. which I don't want to get a long aside here, but uh, guy had the freakiest thing about um, maybe three weeks ago. So I've been doing a little, little meditating, nothing heavy, but mm-hmm. Gail probably appreciate this, the medical perspective, <laughs> but I fell asleep and I, when I started to wake up, it's almost like I witnessed my brain like acting like a computer. It kind of freaked me out for a second, but it was just in milliseconds just processing so many thoughts, which is, that's what they say your brain does. You know, you're processing everything and trying out scenarios and it's happening so fast and it just almost wow. witnessed witness that where it's wow where you don't control it but then you kind of realize like with the same meditation like you're not your thoughts that's just 
Yeah. Apart from you, that's just the machine going, the computer. It's not wow. who, who you are because wow. it could be bad thoughts, good thoughts. Yeah, right. my computer kicks out a lot of bad thoughts. But I have, <laughs> and I have to say to myself, wow, that's a hell of a movie. <laughs> you know, maybe, like I should maybe be doing you a should movie. meditate. <laughs> <laughs> it might be dangerous. <laughs> I should type it. <laughs> so when you so you started playing guitar, and then when did you start writing? Was it like pretty immediate, or did yeah, you, yeah? So you which worked out great when I went to San Francisco. Um, let me know if the stories are too long. But no, no, no. We this, this we want to hear. I had no, I had no, I had no money, and I had a stereo to sell. That's all I had. So I went to this K San radio at the big radio station in Frisco. They had back in those days pre-internet. They had like a, a board you put stuff up on. Yeah. <laughs> so this guy Robert Freed called me up. He wanted to buy my stereo for a studio, and uh, he drove me out to Marin County. You know, it's beautiful up across the Golden Gate Bridge. He was a famous artist that taught at the Art Institute, and he had a good feeling about me, and he bought my stereo. He gave me some artwork that he's done, uh, that he did, that I have to this day. And uh, um, this goes probably before your time, but the Jefferson Airplane, you know, Grace Slick and those people. Oh, yeah. Well, Marty, Marty Ballin, the lead singer with her, his real name was Buckwald. He introduced me to his father, who was to manage them. And he wow. gave me some names of some different people. And one was this guy, uh, Mitchell Holman, who I'm still friendly with, who was in a band called It's a Beautiful Day that had some major hit, couple major hits and toured around the world. And we put a trio together with this drummer from Elvin Bishop, who was a great blues artist back then. So it was like a workshop because I, wow. I couldn't even sing on pitch, you know. Wow. But Frisco back in those days, you know, was very open. So, so, so yeah. this all happened, though, this, the connection here all happened because you were selling a... A stereo? Yeah, well, I met I met Bob Freed, and, and he, he just, all led to the he just liked me, and he gave me these paintings. And you know, in Frisco, till I got loose, nobody would bother you. But I'm thinking they turn a lot of young guys out going there. I'm thinking, why does this guy like me and helping me so much? Is he hitting on me or what? Yeah. But, but he wasn't. He just you know, he knew really you liked there was me. a connection. Yeah. Well, it's always angels. We know that. Yeah, yeah. different angels. So yeah. you grew wow. up in Oak Park, and then you moved to. Chicago. Chicago, and then from there you went out to California. No, with Chicago, and then actually Gary, Indiana, when I was in a real good band there, and then came back my last year at Southfield High. Oh, wow. Oh. Then went to U of M for four years, where, where back in those days, you know, I was always great at school, so I could pretty much, should I say this to in front of your daughter? Just get, get, <laughs> get, right no, to get high every day and just play music every yeah, she day. Gets oh, every, she gets high every day. She gets high every day, too. So. <laughs> well, no, when I was going to, when I, the I first, know. when I was going into college. But I do. No. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. When I was, her, her advice to me before I went to school was, oh, um, don't get high before psychology class. Oh, it's going really to really trip tell you all the, <laughs> We're not supposed to be was, talking about the advice I gave. But it was great. <laughs> I, I, I was like, oh, okay. Yeah, right. <laughs> but I, one thing I know, though, is uh, it's good and bad because I knew in my junior year. But I was at like a 3.7, at average, so I, did, I knew it was easy. So let me just continue with this. But I knew in my junior year I was going to leave and go out to, uh, somewhere, you know, New York or California. But I got the degree, and it's funny when you mention it about having something to fall back on. That's probably not a good thing for me because ultimately I went to law school much later. And somebody like Tony, it's like when I heard about Buddy Guy, you know, right. he said, you ever think when things were bad? He said, I can't do anything else. It's survival. Right. Yeah. And that's all Tony's ever done. So in right. some ways, not that I regret it because I'm you know, a good wife and a great wife and right. you know, I went through all this stuff. But right. And I, had, and I didn't come back to go to college. I came back to do recordings and things like that. But sometimes it's good to shut the doors because you leave yourself no choice. Right. Mm-hmm. But then, of course, don't you might not make it. You may shut those doors and most people don't make it. I, I, think, I think that's the, the, but I think that's the, the difficult thing with people, whether they're pursuing music or they're starting a business and, and they're pursuing, you know, whatever Other dream things. it is. It's, you know. There's a safe zone that they. There's a safe zone. So and people, it's hard to dive in. But then when you do dive in, um, and you're stumbling because things aren't working out, when do you say enough is enough, or do you keep going? Are are the ones that keep going the ones that actually, you know, succeed? I don't know if all of them succeed, but I know I've I've wanted to quit on several different times. But I mean, I'd be like, well, what else would you do? I mean, I mean, although it's tons of things I can do. Mm-hmm. But music is just it for me, so I just said, "Hey, do it." I mean, you know, it's easy to quit. And then I watched my father, and he didn't write any songs. I said, "Okay, well, good. Let me get into songwriting." And trust me, that has helped tremendous. 
by the getting the residuals from songwriting. Right. And it has helped. Mm-hmm. Right. And as soon as they find a few other things, then I mean, it's going to help even more. So I don't think you quit. I, I mean, I, I look at a lot of my friends that, like, he's a lawyer and he plays music. I know of another friend of mine that's worked at Ford's all his life, but he was able to raise his family, beautiful house, but he's working for us. But now I'll tell them, boy, I sure, man, y'all sure did better than me. And they be like, man, shit, you've seen the world, man. You've been all around, you know, yeah. and I take it for granted. Yeah. You know what I mean? But Right. Yeah, so, but yeah, I closed the doors on doing anything else and sticking with the music, so I understand where he's coming so from. So is that the advice you would give people? Like, we were going to have Corey here. He's not here right now, but the hip-hop artist yeah. from Flint. Is that I, what you would tell him? I would have to, you give advice I give advice per individual. Okay. It's hard to give wide range. Yeah. Because everybody's not going to click like that. Right. Mm-hmm. I play upside down. So right. I couldn't give you no right-handed advice. I mean, so I'm just saying, you know what I mean? So right. as the individual person, I'd have to see where his head was at already mm-hmm. to determine what kind of advice to give. Okay. Because sometimes telling the guy to close the doors and keep going is not it. Especially today is <laughs> different than... I mean, we're talking about, I started playing in 69. Right. So I know he was playing a couple of years, a few before that. Right. The, the advice you would give somebody back in the day is totally different now. You're Tony would give somebody advice and then drive by whoever seems sitting in front of a store homeless. Thanks, Tony. <laughs> Thanks for your information, pal. I could have been a contender. But, but are there more opportunities today for a, a music, somebody pursuing a music career than there were back in the day? If it is, I don't know about it. I don't see no? anything happening. You don't think the internet? Um, I mean, the internet helps, oh, but it's, but it's brought you. Yeah, it is. It's brought your money down. I mean, nobody's going to go out and buy your album like they used to buy ours for ten, fifteen dollars. Right. You know, now it's oh, I want to hear one or two songs. Okay, I'll get those two. Right. Pick it. So it's a blessing and a curse because back in the day, you could go get a hard copy of it. You know, and be happy right. about your album and sit in the back and read the credits and all of that. Now, you know, it's just whatever's there. Right. So the well, internet is good, but I think it's good because what else will we? How else will we be selling anything nowadays? Yeah, and there always are question. people making. There are people out there. Whether it's uh, I'm forgetting his name. They well, easy. T- take like, me to the church. I mean, those guys. Yeah. You know, oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah. so people are always making it. So really, there's only one opportunity you got to worry about that you can. It's, it's the one you make, and then one you do, because mm-hmm. there's really no there's no way to make it. Like yeah. my daughter, you know, she's not worldwide yet, my daughter. But how could you follow that kind of? kind of path or with anybody or Tony's path he just started playing you can't you know right and it's funny I'll tell Gary man, man, he, uh, man make Miami do a couple of your songs he's like man I would never get in her one. and to me I would be like Manny would you do a couple of your dad songs for me <laughs> <laughs> yeah. well, well she's getting more into her own thing she's writing she got a whole new album now because she, um, she's collaborated a lot she's been in the basement eight ten hours a day. She's got ten or eleven songs for each one. She writes she writes five, maybe picks out one, and it's really going. It's really wow. mind blowing. So, does she? She's so um, sweet. It, does yeah. she live in New York or does she? No, but now she's at home for. She's okay. like a gypsy. She calls herself. She's been, lived in London and New York and LA. Yeah. So she's just working on. So this she's album. following your footsteps, sort of. She in really way, is, right? yeah. I mean, you kind of up and went. To well, San Francisco I think the, and yeah, well, no, she's lived in L.A., but I, I don't follow my footsteps. I think the footsteps have passed me quite a bit because <laughs> I've never been signed, and she's a lot of money's passed through her hands. But you know? she, it's yeah. just like me watching my stepfather, yeah, all the time playing music. His kids are like naturals, whereas it took me a lot longer. So she is following his footsteps. I mean, she's been watching you for years. So it just, right. I think it just gets in our head mm-hmm. and who we yeah. ever give. And the I learned a lot to. from her. I really do because she's written with a lot people that have. Made hundreds, thousands, millions songwriters. She's worked with people right. that make a big living out of this. So, I've learned a lot from her just witnessing her st- structure of songs and, and and how to construct oh, songs and things. So, I, and my son too. You know, you learn a lot from your kids. You yeah, know, if, if you listen, listen. Well, does she have any shows planned here in Detroit? Not in that I know future? about. Not, oh, she does she's spontaneous a, stuff. Don't oh, she? yeah, she? she's just focused on this. She, she was lucky. Um, I don't know, not lucky, but this summer she toured with a lot of people that. Uh, the Citizen Cope, yes, he, incredible that. artist, and she, she knew him from Brooklyn, and she did that on her own. Just emailed him, and he said, "Yeah." So she toured with him. I wow. mean, Texas, New York, California. I, I saw her play at, uh, at at the Hard Rock, I think, or the House of Blues in Chicago and oh, Minneapolis. Wow. And cool. Katie Katie Tunstall, she knew oh, from London, uh, so she she took her out for four dates, and uh, she got a duet with Macy Gray. Wow, she, yeah, she wrote really? a, a couple songs. She wrote with Macy Gray, ones on Macy Gray's album. So she did a couple of dates with her, 
And an, one other artist, that one, uh, Corinne Belly Ray. Yeah. So what, what's it like for you to to watch her? On oh, stage? it was great. You know, it's great to see her. Yeah. That's awesome. Well, it's really cool. I mean, you clearly, obviously, really believe in the in the industry because you supported her decision and didn't try and talk her out of it and didn't try and talk her into a backup plan yeah. per se. Right. Um, so back to songwriting because I know you. You said I have a ton of questions. Yeah. For him. <laughs> well, and so when you started songwriting, um, were you how old were you when you first started playing guitar? God, probably 13. 13? 13, 14. And then you started songwriting soon? I don't know if we did back then. Possibly, but I, I can't remember. Too um, much Hendrix to play back in those days. <laughs> yeah, because let me see, that was then. Then I came back. No, I don't, I don't think until I really went out to San Francisco, I, I really did. And how old were you when you went out to San Francisco? After college. Boy, time, Tony. When do you go to college? 18, 23? 18, 19. 20, uh, 70, yeah. well, 72. 22. Wow, that's so crazy. <laughs> I can't lie about my age. I was born in 1950, <laughs> okay. so it's easy, easy to do the math, you know? <laughs> wow. Um, I was going to ask you something else about the songwriting. You, you also mentioned that you managed people besides... Well, I, I tried to do that. I'm not really, uh, you know. Okay. <laughs> I had this idea because, you know, music's so segregated, you know. So I thought if you got a black girl that did rock and roll, it'd be a great thing. But it's so hard to find it because now it's changed. But back right. then, it's so segregated in the black community that didn't like rock and roll, though some people did. And oh, okay. So I found a girl and because uh, she was compliant with anything, a real player, but yes to everything. But she couldn't sing very well. And maybe I was lazy, but I was working for, for a law firm at that time. So I, I went with her and uh, tried it, but it didn't work out too good. But then Tony did some things with her and had her doing some uh, – Different type of thing. Almost like talk singing with rap. And almost like oh. – I, I used to call her the, the black Marilyn Monroe. Right, Tony, right. Because oh, she had that real like – kind of sweet. Yeah, because she had the, the best voice. talking voice in the world. So, so I remember I when she said – uh, that out. Hey, Tony, stroke right. that bass. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, she's like, Tony, would you stroke that face a little one more time for me? I was like, hell yeah. She had a good personality, so I tried that. I managed my daughter by default, you know. Right. She went to um, right. Japan and all that, but like she realized, and, and I wasn't clinging on. It was, it was like I was doing it by default, but right. you got to be in the game 100%. You know, if you're managing something, you, you got to be out there. Right. Generally. Right. And again, everything's with exceptions because – who knows those guys with Eminem if they had, know, they, right. they had no experience. They just right. believed in him. Yeah, right. they did. Yeah, the Bass Brothers. They so just I take, as right. I do often, I take that back. There's no rules really. But, right. But, yeah. but for where she was at, you need somebody connected. And, yeah. You know. Did um, With your songwriting then, do you write for other people now? Like if an artist, if Tony brings you an artist or uh, can, well, can yeah. people contact you and say? Not really. I mean, I really haven't really had much monetary success. Um, I, I can do it, you know, mm-hmm. but... It's just very difficult, and I'm here. So, you know? do you have do you have um, a catalog of music? Oh yeah, that's for sure. Yeah, and I could write. I mean, I I was writing with somebody. Um, people have sent me stuff. I wrote a song, the same same guy from Japan that did something on my daughter. But I was trying to see if I could do something for Japanese artists, but nothing happened with that. Oh, it's difficult because you got to be there. Yeah, you, know, you almost have to be there. Yeah. Like if you were in L.A. and there, you would be Trey. you yeah, got to yeah. be there. You're not going to be sending him a tape. Listen right. to this bass playing. He ain't going to listen <laughs> right. to shit. You know? no, right. right. No, no. So a lot of it you got to be there. But you yeah. learn and you get older and here I am. It might be good to get into Nashville, but that's like a dogfight out there. But if you're there, mm-hmm. okay. somebody might – like my daughter was in New York and she, yeah. she used to go to open mics, take a subway at midnight by herself and maybe sing one song and this Toby Gad – Saw her and, and being beautiful, of course, <laughs> your daughter. It helps, you know. But but you got to be have talent. And this Toby Gad liked her, and nothing came of it. But, but um, I almost did. But they wrote about four or five songs together. And this guy, if, if you look, look up Toby Gad, uh, he's written every top artist, uh, period, from Miley Cyrus to Beyonce, wow. uh, everybody. Uh, wow. He's out in L.A. Yes. So she started with him and wow. wrote with a lot of people. Wow. But so then you, your songs, you don't. I mean, are they available to other, for example, local musicians? That oh, oh, certainly. I mean, okay. it doesn't. If I wrote them, you know, I'm, yeah, it's not like like I, if somebody said I, I want to see your catalog, 
and possibly cover one of your songs. Oh, sure. I can't see where it would hurt me. No, it would only help. When I'm the lawyer. No, it can't hurt me. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, just sign this 10-page document here. It's not going to hurt me. might hurt you, but it's not going to hurt me. We'll pick pick a couple songs out for the kid. I mean, John Paul or even Rocky singing one of Strauss's songs would be. Well, I sent Rocky some songs. So anything, I'm not possessive of them. You know, it Uh doesn't matter, you know. How how do you guys feel as songwriters when you write a song and then an artist want, or somebody else wants to cover it, but then they want to change it around? Is that hard for you or does it matter if they're good? Sometimes I'll be like, you want to change? I mean, can you do it the, the original way first and then, you know, let me see that you even was into it? Because some people start changing from the bell. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like, oh, okay. Oh, yeah. I ain't, Oh, yeah. We definitely can't do this part right here. I'm going to do this and do this. He'd be like, uh, and that's why with me, I'm picky with it, you know. You like, are? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I mean, you know, because a lot of people think they know what they want, and they really don't. I mean, they're just going by what they feel like they want. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then, man, I'm like, man, that's raggedy, bro. It's kind of <laughs> hard I think a lot of musicians, too, as soon as they get something in their hands, they're like, they want to make it their make own. Make it their own. Of. Twist it and Some spin of them it. do it just to get involved in the credits. You well, know what I mean? Yeah, well, oh. in that, and it's like they, yeah. they want to put their own. Yeah, let me Instead put of just appreciating the, you know, what, it is, what you yeah. hear first. Like, if I did a Gary Strauss song, I'm not changing a damn thing. Yeah. I'm doing it just like him. I'm even trying to sing it like him. Yeah. Instead of singing it like me sometimes. Sounded would a little have, country. Have yeah, you know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Are we- if you, but if you want to put a little, like, like, like that country, uh, William May, who I think was a great singer. Yeah. I, I love his voice. He did, was doing alternative rock, too, but... I just thought for some reason, but it's obviously it's hard to break into Nashville if you're sitting here as a lawyer in Detroit. But um, I have a lot of songs that lend themselves to uh, country pop. So I wanted to get somebody that wasn't a suburban kid trying to sound country. This <laughs> right. guy came from a town of 500 people. Yeah. I don't know where the hell, West Is Virginia. He, he was, the, was he the front person of Broken Day Machine? Yes. Oh, oh I know. Yeah. He's know. phenomenal. Yeah, yeah he's, he's so good. He well, although I like the country uh, – Better, he did his him. own his own country project, right? Yeah, yeah he's right. good. Mm-hmm. Very talented. So yeah, he's very right. talented. I listened to about four or five people, and it took a while to get together with him. And uh, just, just he just heard the songs, and we just went to a studio. I don't know if they've done done a lot of studio work. Then I realized when I cut the vocals that I had the, the wrong keys, so I I transposed everything <laughs> down and went back, and then he knew the songs better and. I, He's a really a good singer, though. Yeah, he is a great yeah, he's singer. A great yeah, singer. I've collaborated with him yeah. before. Yeah, and yeah. only a great musician him. could change the keys because you know some guys be like, "Oh, well, that's the key. I, I wrote it in that key." Well, on the computer, just take it, transpose. No, <laughs> so what you can do. I did that for a lot of things. You yeah. Know? yeah, everything's so different and easy. It's just I'm right. telling you, they're taking the fight out of the music. <laughs> I used to love. All right, the drummer messed up. Take three. And then we do the song again, and then the guitar is like, oh. So, shit. so are musicians not as good then? Well, they, today? I, no, they, no, they, they, no way. There's I think phenomenal they, players today. There's some great players, but they're to me, that's just they're not as bred like we were. And then I told you because I can tease. I used to take a big teasing when I was coming up. Guys would say, "You never make almost. it." You're there. Yeah, you know, you never. Yeah, you'll never do it. You'll never do it. And then it makes you go home and try harder. Right. Now, when I say it to these guys, why are you picking on me? I'm like, wow, man, I'm just trying to get you in the spirit of yeah. going for it harder. You know what I mean? Because yeah. a lot of these guys, we're just so set on what they've done or what they're doing. And they're really not even taking it to another level at all. They're just right. you know, happy being right here. I'm like, I heard you play that same thing last week, man. <laughs> well, we're going to hear another song right now, right? Okay. Which one are we going to do here? T, or is this the oh, one you're going to sing? No, no, I might mess this song up. I don't want to mess this song up. All these serious songs. <laughs> what what song say, is this? Well, Hard World, I could do Hard World. Oh, yeah. Okay. Now, wait, why, what was the inspiration for this song? Well, now this is when I, when I started doing these acoustic things, I started reworking some songs. So this song, when we almost made it, I had a trio. We did like a showcase in the 80s for A&M Records. And I used to do this song like... Uh, more like Rockabilly, I think, or kind of. Oh, cool. No, it's a hot, it's a hot world that we're living in. More like a Springsteen-ish, you know? Yeah. I don't know if he was around then. But when I started doing these uh, acoustic open mics, you'll see how I re- reworked it. They're kind of different words, but the same concept, you know? And with recording on this, I got a 
believe it or not, like a banjo, I think, and a slide guitar. So oh, wow. Like, you heard that. It's kind of sounds <laughs> hillbilly, you know? So this is Hard World. is a sin. It's a hard world that we're living in. When every man and woman is out there for themselves, vultures in the sky, all hope is going to hell. It's a hard world that we're living in. It's a hard world that we're living in. It's a hard world to make it on your own. It's a hard world to make it on your own When the past don't mean nothing The truth will soon be gone It's a hard world to make it on your own When history's rewritten And reason plays a fool And the courts of justice Are just a rich man's tool It's a hard world to make it on your own It's a hard world to make it on your own Sunshine over the trees, and I feel the warmth of a summer breeze. But I can't believe this is the end. We'll pick it up, start all over again. Yeah. Six our profit, religion is a sin. It's a hard world that we live in. Woo! That's my friend. Woo. That's wow. A, that's an abbreviated version. <laughs> well, um, are the lyrics the same from when you originally wrote it and nah. sort of the rockabilly? No. They're different? Yeah, I forgot how, but let me see. Okay. That, that was more like, it's a hard world. That we're living in such a hard world. I had to cut it like that. Okay, give us a Living <laughs> in a city of sin. I ain't trying to be no saint. I'm just trying to get a break in this hard world. It, I yeah, yeah. The, how many versions of a like, song? Yeah, do hard you... world, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the well, no, the, the reason I'm asking I'm so glad it's a is because the rockabilly version compared to the this new version that yeah. you just performed, um, I can see like the the rockabilly is it's more like a dancing kind yeah. of a fun. It doesn't sound like a hard world, like it's too hard. Where the, right. this version that you just did sort of really goes with our times yeah. today. Yeah, it's more like a, yeah. like a Dylan Ish. I'll probably yeah. have a harmonic on it. You right. Know. Oh, really? How many versions do you usually write several versions of your songs or, or is it kind of one and done and then you move on or? Yeah, gen- well, generally, you know, with this, I started doing the uh, one thing that helped me with the acoustic stuff. I, I was doing the open mics at uh, Union Street with this Audra Kubat used to um, throw them. Oh, cool. So it was like a higher quality of people at this and a lot of open mics to go to, which is cool because mm-hmm. people are just starting out. So I was trying to rework stuff, you oh, know, okay. to get something my voice could express better for for that kind of thing, you know right. what I mean? Right. Although Tony, Tony's always very supportive, but some things, you know, I can't sing as well as others. So I was trying to get stuff, you know, more in a sweet spot where I could express the songs better and people might understand them more. Right. And maybe I'm too self-conscious. And I don't know if that's the right word, but like a song like that, End of Time, you, you got to, at a songwriter thing, if people are listening, then they they might get into it. But if 
if it's a different kind of milieu, you know, where people are drinking and, and hanging out. Right. I'd rather do Hard World because I don't give a, you know, give right. a fuck if they're listening. Or not, <laughs> right, you know? right, right. Yeah. So to, to get, get aggressive, you know what I mean? Right, you right. Because yeah. you can't get too subtle in most places. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, because the talking is so loud. Yeah, but. I think that sometimes, you know. Yeah, that is hard it when is. you go into open mic place. And, <laughs> and I could be pretty humble, but still I'll be up there, especially with a little, little buzz. I'll be up there playing. I'll be thinking, playing at the same time. I'll be thinking, you motherfuckers, you know. Like, 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 Listen like, to me, you bastards. <laughs> yeah. It's kind of weird to yeah. be thinking that while you're trying to get into the song. But, but, uh, that's what happens sometimes, you know. Serve them papers. But then again, yeah, I think... serve them papers. There you but go. Then I think, but I think people do listen. I'm the same way, though. Sometimes I'll be looking at the damn phone, but I'll be listening to people. And, right. And, right. So that's how people are these days. So people are telling me, it may seem like they're not listening, but, but they are. a right. lot of them are hearing mm-hmm. stuff, you know. Right. Yeah. It's different here than... Nashville, though, right? With the venues. I mean, people I mean, do go to the venues. It's different everywhere than here with venues. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's it's really not, nobody's paying attention to that. Even if you go to Baker's, somebody up there singing is jazzy. The whole crowd is fucking talking. Why is that? That's just some ignorant. I don't like it. I, I never liked that. And it makes you almost want yeah. to get on the mic and say, well, everybody just shut the hell up. You know, <laughs> you well, know Audrey used to do that. You know, she, she would get up and she said, you could talk when I'm doing my stuff. I don't care. But just stop talking when these people are, are playing, which was it was, wow. a, it was a listening room, though. Yeah. So that was that was good. Yeah, you, know? you should do it. I mean, because people, you know, are rude with that. They just go to meet their friends. Hey, Bobby. Oh, shit. Hey, you know. Comedians have those rules. I don't see why musicians oh. don't. Like when you're in a comedy right. show, they say, turn your phones off. Like yeah. mm-hmm. if we see you playing with you them, like heckle. we will escort you out. No, like, oh, wow. Really? Yeah. yeah. Oh, but I, I mean, people that. will talk silently to one another, but the whole point is like, you know, it's shut up. T- so yeah. right. Yeah. I think sometimes art. too, it is, it is, it is a, a fine line. Cause I, I know I've got yeah. a couple, you know, a lot of the sets I play are, you know, they're, they're a show. So it's an hour long, you know, most of them. And, and it's, you know, for that hour, you pay attention to what I'm doing, but then I've got these other shows that are, you're part of the experience, right. you know, so yeah. it's like right. it's there's there's Good that point. fine line of like okay you know and I and for me you know I'm not a I'm not a talker you know I like to go up there I like to sing and do put on a show but I'm not a I do not like in the between yeah I do not like yeah that's yeah. so uncomfortable for me it's just so out of my <laughs> element so you know for that part like I'm nervous about these shows coming up because like I know I'm gonna have to like the whole night I've got to entertain right. and it's more than just my songs it's like I can pick the songs that I know everyone's gonna like you know right. cover wise but I know that um, you know in between I've got to I've got to got to entertain these people right. the entire time. So, yeah. you know, and yeah. for me too, it's, I have such a hard time because when I come off stage in the breaks, I'm like, I know this is going to be awkward and I know it's going to be uncomfortable because I am the most awkward person. So it's like, <laughs> you know, so it's like the, that, that fine line between, you know, appreciating the art and, embedding yourself in their experience for the that's night. a really right. good you know, point so, though so I, because if you think about it if people stay and they are talking with their friends mm-hmm. while you're playing they are having a good time then yeah. that means that you're you're keeping them there at the venue yeah they're yeah. not there you for know? you like some of these open mics yeah. i just like to play like i'll go to dino's um with this guy uh, danny i i like his you know he brings a good crowd of people but it's it's a cool restaurant, Dino. So people aren't yeah. going there to see Gary Strauss do his songs. I mean, they're, yeah. they're going there to eat or meet friends, and so yeah. you're playing for other musicians, which is cool. But you gotta, yeah. But I mean, if you're keeping them there, though, and people are enjoying going back, yeah, they, they wouldn't go to open mic if they didn't like the music. Well, you know, because yeah. there's a lot of venues you can go to. That but for don't acoustic have stuff, the, the coffee houses, um, like that Goldfish, I go there sometimes. You know, um, people are listening because that's what they're there if they're having yeah. tea and they listen. You know, but. My bar yeah. is not like that. <laughs> yeah. No, no. So, okay, so what's next? You're working on an album, and when do you think that's going to be released? Probably a month or two. I'm not trying to make a big deal out of it, because these days it's not like I'm with a company waiting for a release date. I'm just, I don't know what I'll even do with it. Just, I just want to do it, you know? Okay. But we'll use that to get some other people singing. It's all on Tony. Okay. So when Tony comes over to my house and lays some bass, I got pressure on the guilt. Go <laughs> so what are you going to do, Tony? Play bass for uh, the songs? Well, yeah, well, I've, yeah. I've done some, yeah, usually I play Based on oh, a lot yeah. of the songs, I play based okay. on a lot. But I've been wanting to do that. This "Lost in You" song, I had. To, I'm glad he gave me the words because now it's a little easier. But um, 
that he gave me this because we're going to record this one. I've been wanting to record a few of his songs. Are you going to do the vocals? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the one I'm going to do the vocals. I think they should practice. Well, here's what. Well, we're ready to wrap this up. So, how about if we have them close close the show with that song? So, but we've got a couple things real quick. Okay. First of all, our sip on this today in honor of Gary is Jailbreak. Okay. Jailbreak. And this was uh, Gary David Strauss. Thank you for being here today. Oh, thank thank you. you, Team Money. Oh, man. And AC and Gail and Jess and JT and Rocky, of course. And, and we're going to leave you with this. Is this where it is, Tony? That's cool, That's, yeah. Good enough. And yeah. Uh, are we going to do fortune cookies? Um, we're going to toss the cookies? Do we have time? I don't yeah. know. Do we? Have, yeah. I guess if we have time to toss okay. the cookies real this quick. Is my part, so you're oh, it is your favorite part. My, Sorry. Well, you have to toss them. <laughs> toss the yeah, bucket. there's no picking your own well, out there. Just, just toss them. <laughs> Don't try and find that the best fortune there. Right face right that's at yours. Me, right? Yeah, that's yours. That's facing Gail. This is face right at me. Oh, Jess has two facing her. Must be her lucky day. All right. Oh, I got two. Real quick. Let's start off with this year. This year. Or do we start off with this year in bed? Oh, what oh we wait. Um, well, we or we can end it in bed. Okay, let's end it with in bed. So you start, Rocky. Okay. Well, give me a minute here. Let's see. All right. Or well, you want to right. read it first? Or? You will meet an important person who will help you advance professionally <laughs> in bed. That's not good. That's not good, Rocky. No, I'm it's sorry. Not that not long ago. <laughs> oh gosh. Okay. Don't stop dreaming. Otherwise, sleep <laughs> will get awfully door. boring in, in bed. Oh, awesome. <laughs> all right, T. What do you have? Yeah, mine is too deep. Man. I can't read all these words. It says, Yours is a "Calamity genius. and prosperity are the." Touchstones of integrity in, in bed. bed. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we're what you do? Drop your. Yeah. Oh, no. Gary, weren't you going to wash your guitar? Fill in the guitar hole. Oh, oh no. <laughs> it says you're a schmuck. No. <laughs> you got to put it in bed after. <laughs> Bravery is the capacity to perform properly, in bed. even when scared oh. half to death in bed. <laughs> All right, doctor. In San Francisco, perform that one thing. Okay. Confidence is at a high in bed. That's a little sexy stuff. Mine is enhance your karma by being kind to everyone you encounter. That's what I'm saying. How many people do you encounter? Like everyone. Like one. Okay, this is interesting. You will make a name for yourself in bed. <laughs> but anyway, all right, uh, Gary David Strauss, again, thank you for being here. Thank you, Team Money, um, for yeah. introducing us. Yeah, and, he's uh, one of the best. Yes. From and we're going to show host to Madame. Where can um, people find you? Are you? Do you have any of your music no, up on SoundCloud? Or yeah, besides Core, we don't. <laughs> yeah, there's, there's some on SoundCloud. Okay, if you want to do this new thing, I'll take it down. I think the stuff with uh, William May is all up there. Okay, okay. so it's on SoundCloud. It just Gary Strauss or Gary yeah, David I, Strauss? What is? Yeah, it? I know what they, that's pretentious, but I don't know what else to do. I think if I call myself Strauss, that would be worse, like Madonna or something. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, well, I, li- no, I like way. it. Yeah, I like the Strauss. So. Just Strauss. As long as you don't call yourself David Sane again. He used to have all kind of I did little... that one time. I tried on stage that, you know, David Sane. I tried to make it seem like I was out of an institution. Oh, God. So we can, they can find it on SoundCloud. Your new stuff will also yeah, I'll be put up it there. Yeah, I'll put it up there, okay. yeah. Okay. And the old and, stuff and they can Facebook. find? Yeah, a couple things. Facebook. Yeah. All right, all right. Sometimes we're going to wrap it up today, yep. guys. And here we, Sometimes the... Oh, the only mode of transportation available is a leap of faith. Thank you for taking a leap of faith with us. Happy Hump Day. And we're going to we close go. it with Lost in You, T Money and Gary David. It's the loneliest night of the year. Wish you were here to turn off the television, set the clock for no reason, nowhere to go, no one to see. It's the loneliest night. My life 
can't seem to get you off of my mind Go downstairs but I've lost my hunger I realize I ain't getting younger On the road to reach my destiny Like a star stuck in the endless sky I'm lost in you I, I can't escape the Okay, I've seen that I can't escape the Sadness in my soul Cause I lost all control When I lost you Put it on there. Woo, woo. See, I got to work on that, man. Thanks for the words. <laughs> <All right. laughs> Excellent.